spectacular. Shafee. Shafee, are you there? Oh, what's wrong with you? Uh, it's either this show or indigestion. I hope it's indigestion. Why? It'll get better in a little while. Hey, hey, hey there, One Magical Nation. You know what that sound means. It means it's time for another episode of Fun Magical Hour, a Matthew and Schaefer podcast spectacular. Uh, don't worry, folks, it's not indigestion, but but it will get better. We have nowhere to go but up. And uh, one, one great way that it's sure to get better is uh, by welcoming this guy right here. You know him, you love him. He's a... Uh, Maybe I was just born to podcast. He was born to podcast. His name's Matthew Rampey. Welcome, Matthew. Time, time, time. See what's podcast of me. <laughs> see what's see what's become of us. Indeed. You know, we're doing a Monday afternoon schedule. We're on our Monday afternoon schedule. And while it does or while it may seem difficult to uh, summon up one's courage, gin up one's courage uh, to do a, an imaginary show from your home on a Monday afternoon, I got to say, it gives me something to look forward to over the weekend. You know, Good. like sometimes you can get the Sunday sads. And when I've got the show to look forward to, um, it's great. It really smooths out those Monday blues. Yeah, definitely. When you if you have to do a show on Monday, you can't you can't just sit around and wallow in that Monday. Of course, this is your uh, by the same reasoning that uh, Saturday became Friday. This is your Sunday. Sunday for me. Yeah. So still plenty of time for you to get the Sunday sads. Uh, I have I have too much housework to do. For oh, good. Oh yeah, that's and that's the way to handle it. That's the way to tackle the Sunday sads is just to. Lean into housework. And lean in, I will. Yeah, uh, we, you know, after the, uh, the the wild ups of the weekend and downs, of course, uh, great, great fun talking with Andrew Michael Porter on Saturday night. And then, uh, of course, immediately after that, uh, the Astros lost game seven. So there were, there were great ups and great downs. You'd think that I would be more... You'd think that I would be more uh, wrung out, maybe a little a little down around the mouth, but I don't, I'm not feeling that. How are you feeling? Um, I'm good, but I'm good because the Cowboys haven't had a chance to disappoint me so far this weekend. They play tonight, and the horns were off, but I did, I did invest some sports emotion into the Texans yesterday. There's a lot, there's a lot of uh, sadness in Mudville, a.k.a. Texas right now. Yeah, uh, particularly with the Astros Houston. falling out and Texas are just struggling, dude. And it looked like they were gonna put one on the Titans, and uh, 
Oh man, the 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 manner by which they lost was just it's tough. That Derrick Henry guy is a pretty good football Listen, runner. He's good. <laughs> the t- the Titans are a good team. Y'all, it was a great fourth quarter. Uh, it's just the momentum kind of swung back at the wrong time, and there was that decision to go for the two and not just kick was, the extra point, which <clears throat> seems like it could have played a hand in that whole thing. Hey, I'm not a football coach. I don't pretend to, uh, but, you know. Uh, I do have some good news from my from my fantasy life. Oh, good. Uh, I, you mean here at the podcast? The, <laughs> the, <laughs> the, the, the Concrete Lions, my, uh, my fantasy squad, is still undefeated. And on track to win this weekend too, so that'll be okay. That'll well, be that's, that'll be six and zero. Oh. That'll keep your spirits buoyed. Yeah, no doubt. It's a little disappointing today because I, I think that the weather is getting harder to predict. As I've mentioned before, I'm a local news watcher, and the really keystone of that is the weather report that comes in at about the 18 minute mark. And um, I've been watching the low, the weather for years, and there's just there's a lot more of, hey, there's a cold front. Of course, I'm always looking for the cold front. There's oh, a cold yeah. front coming on Monday or Sunday, and you're five days out. And then as it gets closer, they're like, oh, I don't know, it may stall to the north. Uh, and then last night there was one computer model saying the cold front was going to make it here, one saying that it wasn't. And they were going with the one that they're going to shine you on, on the weather, whatever it is. Um, at, at any rate, it seems that the front has stalled to the north because something, it's something balmy they, out there. It is. It is quite it's balmy. It's approaching tropical. Um, <laughs> October tropical. Uh, Octopical. Uh, something that might help you going forward, Matthew, when you're watching this winter's weather reports, uh, you might need to know a little dazzling deet about this particular winter. This is a La Nina winter. Oh. So you can expect everything this winter to be slightly warmer Ugh. and drier than usual, Ugh. which is, you know, that's a big disappointment to me. Cabron. What are you going to do? Uh, just means... Well, it means we can spend more time on the back patio, more time on the back porch. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I do like, as a man who likes a good good bit of winter weather, it is a little bit of a disappointment. We, but we, we still get some, we'll still get some, though. It's, we, we keep considering the topic of becoming climate change refugees. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, uh, Boise was mentioned out of my wife's uh, mouth this weekend. I'm I'm totally there with you. I love the look of Idaho. Uh, maybe we just maybe we take this podcast to Boise. Uh, One magical you know, nation. We're building a compound for you in Boise, and we pro- and we promise the ATF will not be able to get in. Yeah, we're building a we're building a nation. Uh, uh, yeah, it might. So the only drawback with Idaho is like, oh, maybe it looks like it might be just a little bit boring sometimes. So, but if we all move there, then it won't be. It'll be fun. It'll be just like here, but there. And there is a beautiful, gorgeous, opulent, forested, mountainous, uh, wonderful, magical, geographic place. 
Well, let's start. So, t- let's start talking it up here. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. One magical nation. A good drop would go there. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, hey, as promised, I've I finally finished Cobra Kai. Ah, yes. And the final. The final episode I thought was weird. I thought it took it to a really weird place. Like, um, I mean, I liked it. There was like a climactic kung fu battle. I keep th- every time I, every time the kids bust out in in fighting, I I think everybody was kung fu fighting, <laughs> which is not accurate because kung fu is a Chinese martial art, and I. I don't think that Cobra Kai or Miyagi-Do... Miyagi-Do is obviously not a Chinese martial art. I think it's more based on like Aikido, which is from Japan. And I mean, Cobra Kai seems more like straight out of kickboxing Thailand. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, it's strange. Strange. It took, a, it took like a really serious turn there at the end and... Obviously, obviously, they had planned on a third season. Uh, yeah, well, sort of that, I mean, cliffhanger. That was the most exciting thing for me. Was the cliffhanger at the tail end? Definitely. I don't want to super spoil it here for any yeah. any listener who might be enjoying it. But let no um, one let no one call us spoilers. We're doing everything we can to not uh, to not talk to each other about this. At any rate, coming to the easy. coming to the end of the season didn't change my avocado rating. Yeah. It, it stands at seven, which is almost as many avocados as you can get. You can make a pretty good-sized guac out of seven. You know? You definitely can, yeah. <laughs> seven is as many as anyone should need, unless they're, unless they're hosting a party. Right. Or an event. A hall conference, perhaps. Right. Alas, there will be no hall conference this year. For hall conference is, is canceled because of the pandemic, huh? What I guess are what I guess are obvious reasons. I don't know. I was thinking maybe of maybe going out to Krause just for the day, but I don't. You know, I was thinking about maybe just taking people's temperatures on that, but I don't. I think, especially now with the with the virus upticking, particularly in rural places, you know, it just doesn't doesn't seem like the best idea to me. I think proceeding with caution is is really the best we can all do for each other. And as but, we all know, I am nothing if not cautious. <laughs> right. Well, I see people out here in America that are just tired of being cautious. Yeah. And they're and they're continuing to get mixed messages from their administration and people are attending rallies and football games and and the numbers keep going up. And they're, it's so, it seems so obvious, right? <laughs> Do this, then this happens. I don't know. It's happened to every, you know, everything this year has happened just like the CDC said it would. So I don't know, you know, I don't know what else. So what's up with the lack of, <laughs> of faith in the scientific method? Basically, I, I can't explain it. Speaking of the scientific method, uh, this weekend we watched Beverly Hills Chihuahua. Tell me more. <laughs> From 2008. <laughs> and I had missed that one in the theater. 
but it had shown up on Disney Plus months ago, and my daughter had seen it. Like back back when early in the pandemic and we were having a movie night every night and we were doing a really steady rotation around the family. Each, each person got a night to choose. Uh, Isabel had seen Beverly Hills Chihuahua and that was her choice. And then I, we sat down to watch it and we pulled it up and it was one of those uh, coming to Disney plus October 15th, Oh, you know, and this was in, probably may or april <laughs> and isabel was like no so uh it did it came back around and, and they put beverly hills chihuahua on the uh another uh jamie lee curtis movie uh, I, you know see i feel like if we have you seen this film i'm confusing it in my head with true beverly hills uh I, I feel like I must have seen it, but I don't know. Tell um, me some more. We'll see if it comes back. Okay. So, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is like a cosmetics magnate, and her dog is Chloe, voiced by Drew Barrymore. <laughs> she's a very cute, mostly white chihuahua. I have definitely and not seen this. She's movie. like super pampered, and she's in a group of other dogs that are super pampered. And um, her. Jamie Lee Curtis has a gardener, uh, and he's a very handsome, blue-eyed Latino, <laughs> played by a white guy, I'm sure. And uh, his dog is Poppy, uh, who's also Chihuahua, and he's in love with Chloe. Um, let's see, Poppy is voiced by um, George Lopez. Like every. every uh, I will say, like every Mexican American actor that you've ever heard of. Wow, you're not kidding. This. They're, they're all. Everybody's in this. Andy Garcia, George Lopez, Edward James Olmos, Paul Rodriguez, <laughs> Cheech Marin, <laughs> Luis Guzman. Yeah, Luis Guzman. He's great, of course, as always. Where's um, uh, the so, only one who's not is is uh, homeboy uh, Machete. Uh, oh, right. Um, Danny Trejo is not yeah. in it. Neither, what, happened, what happened, Danny? Neither is Carlos Mencia. I think Mencia had already been found out by this time as a as a joke Tre- stealer. Trejo is working on his restaurant. He's a restaurateur. I, I think that I, this is 2008. This is like he might have been filming Machete. Ah. Um, so Jamie Lee Curtis has a ne'er-do-well niece. Um who's played by Piper Parabo and Jamie Lee Curtis has to, Oh, her dog sitter cancels and she can't imagine leaving Chloe with anyone like the, at at a kennel or anything. And so she, she has, uh, her Rachel is, is her niece. She, she, she puts her in charge and then Rachel just keeps doing her shenanigans and goes with some friends down to uh, Tijuana across the border uh, and takes Chloe with her. And then some unfortunate series of events where Chloe doesn't want to eat the dog food and stay in the hotel. And so she like escapes and then gets dog napped and is forced into a, this movie gets really surreal at one point. It it starts off kind of, kind of, uh, loosey goosey kind of kitschy 
kind of cute, and then it yeah. gets and then it gets weird, and then it gets weirder. <laughs> so uh, Chloe is um, at this dog fight, and then she's rescued from uh, from almost certain death by the Andy Garcia Delgado uh, German Shepherd, who has this whole backstory. If he was a police dog. But he lost his sense of smell, <laughs> and they kicked him off the force. <laughs> and uh, Rachel uh, goes on this search for uh, Chloe across Mexico, and at some point, the she contacts the gardener who comes down to Mexico to help her, and they like go to Mexico City because that's they've heard that the dog fights are there. Uh, it's it's obviously it's entirely absurd the whole thing. Um, but, but I found myself really, you know, really rooting for Chloe, uh, who is excellently portrayed by Drew Barrymore. So Delgado is trying to get Chloe on a train back towards, uh, the, 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 back towards the West coast of Mexico. And at at some point they have to they jump off the train there there is this uh, doberman from hell el diablo that's like chasing them and he he's the he's actually he's owned by the by the dog fighting guy and he's also the dog that was responsible for delgado's loss of smell the way they tie this all together but they're they're lost in the chihuahua desert and um they a a pack of mountain lions is about to eat them and attack them. And this stampede of chihuahuas comes to their rescue. This is where it gets real weird. And then this, <laughs> and then this, this group of chihuahuas take them into the mountains to this Aztec site where the, um, <laughs> the, the head of, the, of that crew... Montezuma, voiced by Placido Domingo, um, he he hips her to her ancient roots as the like they were the pets of the Aztecs, and that and and that she will find her bark when the time is right, and they, they have this chant: No mas, no mas, no mas, no more will they be the funny little dogs. Uh, and be named things like Fufu and Fifi. Good for that. There's this whole Chihuahuan power movement that she stumbles into. Um, listen, this is not a good movie. <laughs> I, I wouldn't have known it from your description. I was on the edge of my seat, literally. Um, again, we don't want to spoil anything here, so that's as far as I'll go with that. Um, I'm afraid that I won't be able to help it to watch it now. I think I'm going to give Beverly Hills Chihuahua four avocados. That's, that's more than half. Maybe three avocados. I don't What's, want. I don't want to give it four avocados and have somebody like seek it out and then I've, stop listening to this show. Because <laughs> of, uh, I've got a. I've got a way to. Maybe cage your excitement. What would you rate the probability of you watching BHC 2 or even Beverly Hills Chihuahua 3? Well, my kids saw that, you know, on the streaming and they were like, oh, Beverly. And I was like, no, I'm done. Y'all can watch it. 
the first one was maybe worth my time. I don't know. It it's tough with kids to to find movies, you know, that are not that are not completely boring. Um, I mean, there's a lot of great kids movies out there, but but that that is only a small percentage of movies made. And I think that I've missed a ton of movies in the past ten years. Just haven't seen them because I'm constantly searching for family films or you're watching, yeah. rom-coms. <laughs> um, uh, if you need any rom-com recommendations, I'm here for you, buddy. I, I actually want, I wanted to point out too that co-producer, co-executive producer Alex Battles did suggest that we review some more things, but. I don't know if this is what he was talking about. Sorry, I, Alex. I I guarantee you he is going to be over the moon with your choice. He will. Uh, this is this is exactly what he had in mind. I mean, I feel like with our news crews, we go and find those stories that you might have missed, and our reviews might be the same. Um, we we look for those underrated uh, diamonds in the avocado. I have a good. Uh, you saying uh, you you saying uh, romantic comedy made me think. There's a really good on Netflix right now. There's a really good. Uh, it's a it's a hitman romantic comedy. Oh, I like genre mixing. That sounds interesting. See. What's the name of that actor? I like him a lot. Uh, he was in uh, Sam Rockwell. Oh yeah, Sam Rockwell. He's good. Sam Rockwell plays a hitman, and Anna Kendrick is the girl. That, it's called Mr. Right. Uh, Mr. Right. It's a it's a really it's a weird little movie. You kind of have to suspend some disbelief, uh, but it's lots of fun. And clocks in at exactly ninety five minutes. I love any movie that's under a hundred minutes these days. Uh, a tight little 95 minutes. Uh, definitely give it seven avocados out of eight. Uh, you should check it out. I won't, I'm not going to tell you. Yeah, better to spend 100 minutes on a podcast <laughs> than a movie. We almost we almost never. Wait, done. you gave that eight avocados? Seven. Seven, seven okay, okay. Well, that's another one of those that my algorithm has never shown me, I'm quite sure. It's funny uh, how siloed we are because of the algorithms. Uh, Tim Roth popped up in it too, and I hadn't seen him in a while, so that was interesting. What was that TV show he was on, of where he was uh, like a human lie detector? Uh, lie to me. Oh, I never saw that one. Was it, it, was, it was actually pretty good. We watched a little bit of that. Wasn't he in one where he was like a '70s cop who wakes up in the '90s or something like that? Or wakes up in the 2000s? Does that make any sense? That plot sounds so familiar. I don't think I've seen that. That is also uh, part of a plot from another kid's show, Just Add Magic. (laughs) 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 Where there's a spell that brings, like, the grandmother's old boyfriend back (laughs) to to a different time. (laughs) Yeah, Life, Life on Mars. Oh, okay. Huh. Is it's the name of that, and I don't know. Oh, but it doesn't have uh, it doesn't have Tim Roth in it, so so never mind. Hmm. Excuse me, I'm sorry. 
Well, should we move on to the next segment? By all means, what segment is that? Plink, 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 plink. Yeah, workshop. I said earlier in the podcast we're we're trying to gin up. Yeah. What, what were we? We're going to gin up a podcast here. Yeah. Um. Chin up, old thing. Turn that frown upside down. No, that's that's chin that's up. That's chin right? up. So chin. someone, uh, a good friend, Professor Ben Bays, I was with over briefly over the weekend, said something about chin up, and we we were talking about the what is the what is the root of that phrase, and I will have I have to say that the internet is all over the place on this. As so. As, as, it often, is. as it often can be. <laughs> the first one that comes up is like just an urban dictionary definition. Gin up means enliven, excite, or enthuse. And this is crazy. I had never heard of this before. Its probable derivation is from the 1800s British slang term ginger up. <laughs> Have you heard of ginger up? No. Well, that refers to the practice of putting Ginger up a horse's butt to make him spirited and prance with a high tail for purposes of show or sale. So, and this, it, any article that I read did mention this practice. I gotta remember that trick. Oh, yeah. Ginger up. (laughs) That could be useful for a Saturday night podcast when I'm feeling a little (laughs) low energy. Just uh, keister some fresh ginger. Uh, of course, I ginger up every morning when I. Right, you I, and you and Andy Dalton. When I sit up from my bed, I am I am a ginger, and as soon as as soon as these these peepers open up. See, that seems like as plausible a uh, root of the phrase as anything, right? Because aren't aren't gingers uh, famously up for it? Whatever it is, which uh, I, I know this one is. All that I have known have been speaking for speaking for this ginger. I'll tell you, yeah, we're pretty much up for anything. So another another possible root of this phrase, another possible source of etymology is just "gin up," meaning gin. Um, you know, sure. take a shot of. Well, it's Dutch courage. Um, I found an article um, that discusses during the 17th century, Dutch troops fought alongside the English to ward off the attacks of Louis XIV. The Dutch troops drank Genever, which was a, a, a spirit that they produced. Genever, and, yeah. And that the, it was given to Dutch troops as part of their daily rations. And so this is this is the English first introduction to a juniper. Genever derives from the Latin for juniper, uh, a juniper-based spirit, and the, you know the Dutch. I mean the English were they've enjoyed some Dutch courage too, um, and they sort of took it back to England, except that in 1689 King William III of Orange overthrew James II of England, and became became the king. In the following year. He passed an act known as the Distillers Act, which allowed the public to produce alcohol for free in their home, providing they passed like a 10-day public notice. And it restricted the importation of brandy and wine. So basically, the 
the, the English were suddenly allowed to produce spirits, but they didn't have the high quality grains that the Dutch used. Mm. They used low quality grain cut with mentholated spirits and turpentine. And then that was flavored with local juniper berries. Right. And so this produced the gin craze in England, but also the quality of the liquor was pretty low. So and that, was more, that was more of a gin down. It, they were definitely, they ginned the whole society down famously. In 1720, the Mutiny Act was passed, which stated that anyone who was distilling alcohol wouldn't have to house soldiers in their home. And so this encouraged people to start distilling. And then like by 1730, there were 7,000 public houses which distilled gin in London, which was like one third of the public houses. Um, I have I have a story about Dutch courage. <clears throat> Do tell. This, uh, this actually came up at the front page the other day. Uh, we were I was sitting at the bar and Chuck was bartending. And a guy came in. And he just ordered, he ordered one shot of Crown and he threw it back and paid for it and walked out the door. And I told Chuck, I said, whenever I see that happen, I always try to make a note of what that person looks like. Because one Saturday I was bartending uh, on West 4th Street at the Four Face Liar in Manhattan. And uh, it, it had been a quiet day. I hadn't, nobody had come through actually. Uh, and then... Uh, I looked up and there were these two guys and they were dressed in kind of kind of black suits and there was something about them that you know kind of set off some bells in the back of my head but I couldn't say exactly why because uh, you they, had just seen men in black they walked up and they were no they walked up to the bar and they were with the FBI they showed mm -hmm. me their badges and they said that the Washington Mutual Bank on the corner had been knocked over and whenever that happens, they canvass the bars in the area because the bank robber will sometimes come in and do a shot just before he goes through there for, huh. some, for some Dutch courage. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. So you you, you should but, take a you should take a photo of was, of anybody who does that. Yeah, of course you really don't know that they're doing that until they turn and walk out, right? Right. And you know. They might just be going to get a haircut at the barbershop next door. Or, you know, right. Which takes quite a bit of courage sometimes, too. <laughs> sometimes, yeah. <laughs> There's actually another possible derivation of gin up, which would be spelled J-I-N up. And it doesn't come from ginger or gin the liquor, but from gin the Arabic, meaning a genie. Genie, or roughly yeah. to conjure from thin air. Huh. Gin up. So I think it's fascinating that there is no definitive uh Honestly There's no there's no one thing. Like there there are a lot of sayings where you can go, well this comes from this. But I find it fascinating that this one is varied and meandering. And really shows that, like, the the meaning of it, <laughs> it doesn't have any meaning except except what the what whoever's listening to you, like your podcast listeners, think it means. AKA one magical nation. <laughs> AKA hunter hunter gatherers. The hunter gatherer tribe. 
I feel like we're in that that stage of evolution too. You know, uh, I, I don't tell me more. Well, sure okay, the, that was the end of yield workshop. We're we're changing topics here. Okay, but Schaefer and I were talking about how many people are downloading and how it's only about a hundred people, and that's kind of like a hunter gatherer tribe, but right. also. In terms of where we think this podcast is going, we're kind of in the hunter-gatherer phase of it. We, we haven't yet learned to sow crops so that there's a plentiful food supply. We, we are still out here. We're hunting for listeners. We're gathering tidbits from pop culture to blab about here. We're hunting for news stories. We're hunting. We're actively hunting for sometimes, news cruise stories. Sometimes unex- unsuccessfully. Sometimes. What? We need to find the equivalent of the buffalo jump of news stories. I guess that would be that would be the uh, the AP Newswire, huh? I've got my buffalo jump. I start, B- B- I go BBC. If I don't find anything uh-huh. there, I go local. And then if I'm desperate, I go to CNN. Which CNN always has a bunch of fluffy nonsense and a bunch of clickbait, but I did not find anything today uh, to bring to the show. Do, do you have? I, do, I have one thing. If you want to give us a, uh, give us a yeah. News probably gathered along the way. The news cruise. Welcome, international and all things newsy correspondent Schaefer Hall. It definitely, it definitely makes sense that the less news we have, the longer the theme song should be. Oh yeah, take your time with the theme song. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a lot of sitcoms are like that. They have a they have a longer intro and then they have a shorter one for if they've got just like ten more seconds of yucks. Yep. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, reporting, Summer Brokaw reporting from Florida, uh, the Fort Lauderdale region. A uh, a man fell ill while mowing his lawn. Florida firefighters treat a man who fell ill in the heat, uh, and then they finished mowing his lawn. <laughs> this is for the uh, this is for the OCD among us, and you know you know this firefighter was just one of those guys who like. Uh, I can't stand to see an unfinished lawn. It's like, like that side's so short, and that's that it's so long right next to it. He's like, "Hang on, guys." Uh, so uh, heat exhaustion. They immediately treated the army. He was an army veteran and cooled him off. Uh, the crew arrived within minutes. A passerby saw Pinkney on the ground with his wife struggling. Uh, they treated him. Uh, after they were treated, one of the paramedics began to finish cutting their lawn. A cell phone video captured the moment. <laughs> Whoa. I love uh, that story. Yeah. So it's, it's a happy little story. I was and just I, psyched to hear that it was from Florida as you got into that. I knew it was going to be good. <laughs> I mean, if you, if there's a news story from Florida, it's probably going to be interesting. Probably interesting. <laughs> I've never been to Florida. I never have either. I've never set one foot there. Maybe that's why we get along. Not even, uh, not even just a toe across the Alabama border. Okay, well, I have, I, I have been to the Florabama. Oh, busted. Yeah, but I mean, I've, 
I have walked ten feet into Florida. You, you, you didn't. You didn't. You didn't go out of your way to spend the whole time on the Alabama and I, side. And then I was like, you know, this is enough. Well, I was. We were on the Alabama side. We were at Ocean Beach. Yeah. Uh, we were approaching from the Alabama side. My father-in-law loves the Florabama. Uh, from what I've heard, we cannot blame him. I think it's mostly a kind of a tourist place now you know like you walk in and there's a big gift shop and of course we are only there at like happy hour and so the place isn't isn't rocking but i i can see how it's heyday those beaches along there are amazing so i've heard they they, they are great and i think i took amy to port aransas here in texas a few (laughs) years ago and she was really appalled. <laughs> the first thing she asked was, why do y'all drive on your beaches? Yeah. And um, I was like, I don't I don't make the rules. I don't know. I mean, part of it is because the dunes are massive in Port yeah. A. It is a long way to the to the beach between the dunes and the. Yeah. I, I got to tell one other thing about that that I also heard from Professor Ben Bays this weekend. He, okay. his family had just been to Port A. <clears throat> oh, wait, wait, I didn't, I'm sorry, I didn't finish the other thing. Amy was appalled at Port A, and she was like, look, let's go, next summer we're going to go to Ocean Beach in Alabama. And I was skeptical. I had never been to Alabama. But, um, man, it's really nice. And it's almost like Caribbean style with white sand beaches and the water's perfectly blue. Um it's really nice. Anyway, uh, uh, Professor Ben Bates, who I hope to get as a guest someday on the show, um, his family had just been to Port A, and they were staying in some condos, and there were a lot of Trump fans there, a lot of Trump flags flying off of boats and things. And uh, some people in the condo had told them, beach is closed. They were like, what? Yeah. Beach is closed. That maybe they're going to open it tomorrow, but there was the hurricane, blah blah. And they're like, "Oh, okay." Well, the truth of the matter was, the beach was closed to motor vehicle traffic. Uh. You could take your wagon and go through through the dune path to the beach. And he said that it was the beaches were nigh empty. Yeah, because people couldn't drive. <laughs> Their trucks with all their gear, and, and I mean that ends up breaking on uh, on socioeconomic well, lines, right? You know. Uh, well, he he was talking about as a political thing, like that certain team red peoples see the beach as more of a party place than the nature walk that it could be. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that but that that's all generalizations and just, you know bigotry especially along <laughs> you know along that area mustang island port aransas you know you have the folks who have their giant beach houses and those are in uh those are in gated communities so uh you know only, the only place that people who can't afford beach houses you know the only access they have is on either side and then they drive up and that's so well, the beaches in you know just just on the other side of the Mobile Bay, they become so nice 
compared to the really Mississippi, Louisiana. Of course, there's no real beach area in Louisiana, but the Texas beaches are pretty rough. I wish they were nicer. Yeah. I, you know, I have so much fun and so many fond memories that for most of my life, that was the only beach I know. So that was, it was just fine with me. I, I enjoy going there, but you can imagine if you're accustomed to one style yeah, yeah. of beach. Definitely. You, yeah, could, you could be let down. It's not, it's not the same. It's there's the true. tar. Yep. The tar the, aspect. Uh, the Portuguese men of war. There's that. There's that. There's that. There's not really a surf break. You can't really surf per se, um, except on rare occasions. Yeah. But it is a great place to go and drink beer and get really wind blown. Yeah. Which is all anybody ever wants. <laughs> I just want to be loved and love in return and be able to drink beer and be just wind blown. Just get that. It's almost like a sunburn, but it's just from the wind. Yeah. Ah. Pl- play some spike ball. Oh, sounds fun. Sounds fun. We should go again soon. I'm not saying I don't want to go to Texas Beach. I'm just saying if I feel if I, if we feel like driving 11 hours, we could go to the Alabama Beach. Well, do you have anything else for episode 28? No. Uh, looks like there might be a little bit left on the show sheet, but that can be that can be for come back. Come back next episode for my... I'm going to review some slow TV. Uh, some of my favorite... Some of my favorite slow TV shows on both Amazon and Netflix. Uh, so you're def- definitely not going to want to miss that. And join us next time where we're going to be celebrating one of the co-hosts' birthday eve. Aw, shucks. And I believe we are going to... Uh, be joined by the auteur of our of our theme song lead singer of country zoom mixtapes brian benitez wait i don't know he's not the lead singer is he is uh, he, he is yeah he's the producer lead singer he's producer of lead country singer, zoom mixtapes songwriter uh yeah episode 29 it's gonna be huge and then uh, we're doing our and then over the weekend this- we're gonna and this might be the first he's hearing about it. Oh, good. No, no we, had, we texted him. Oh, we did? Good. Yeah. No, he, I, he's aware. I, I'm, look, I'll remind him. Look at us. I think it's going to be fun. And look, at then, us, look at us being all organized. And then, right, and then the next show is going to be the craft beer episode where we're going to be joined by uh, brewer extraordinaire Hugh Lewis of Family Business Brewing. So Thursday is Brian's birthday party and Saturday is beer yeah how exciting dude it's we got a good week coming up we got them lined up like flights into LaGuardia, folks lined up like flights of beer into our faces (laughs) (laughs) cool uh folks we are we have been talking about getting the word out about this so if you could tell your friends uh and uh review us on apple podcasts or review us wherever you get your podcast that's uh I think that that it kind of starts with the hunter gatherers, you know. Make it a, as we've always said, this is an organic, an organic effort, an organic situation here where things keep growing. Uh, so that that'll be the next, the next step before we get before we uh, before we get huge and forget about you guys because because uh, that uh, sweet sweet Monopolova money's rolling in. If we uh, add just a few listeners per week. 
in 15 years, we're going to get a sponsor. Well, we'll finally gotten there. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know if this is a, uh, I don't know if this is a uh, promise or a threat, but, you know, we could get to the point where we could do this a little more often, too. You know, Uh, that's something something to consider are you are you threatening me (laughs) if you're not if you're if you find that there's some some hours in your week that pass by without uh, without our voices in your ear holes uh but in the meantime we love you and we'll see you soon uh should wait like you want to go out with another milton song i another one or or that same one (laughs) I love that song so much. No, we should do another one. Yes. I was thinking, yeah, now that I know that that, that you like that one, but particularly I, there's some other ones that are kind of in that vein that uh, I could send your way. Dude. Yeah, let's do another Milton song. Enjoy the Milton. We'll see you next time. Puppy dog, you're a child. We had a laugh or two for a little while. We lost some innocence and we lost a little sleep. We made a whole lot of promises we couldn't keep. Go wheels turning underneath the fading stone. Get in.